0: We were uh, mainly, I mean, Americans in, in the team, but we were two Swedes. And then my coach came, he's like, oh, I've signed a new runner. Uh, and he, uh, we were like, oh, where's she from? Is she from the US? And he's like, no. We're like, oh, wow, where, where is she from? She's from Texas. Because yeah, that was like, like its own thing.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs, with me, Tova Handel, and me, Linnea Bivall. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. Every episode, we will speak to thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practice within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Hi, and welcome to another episode of How We Hire. Our guest on today's episode is Eileen Gillissen. Eileen has over 20 years of senior HR leadership behind her and a passion for helping people and businesses develop. She's currently the Chief People and Culture Officer at Simployer Group, a complete suite of tools for human resources management. With her longstanding expertise within the HR sector, she was the perfect fit to reimagine their recruitment processes at Simployer. And today she's here to tell us all about it. So welcome to How We Hire, Eileen. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're really happy to have you here. And I mean, first things first, as we said, we'll speak about how you revamped the recruitment process when you started as an employer. But this is something that you kind of immediately started with is like, why was that? What was your initial like reasoning behind kicking off your employment by doing this?
2: Well, there were seven reasons for it. Uh, First of all, we are a growing company as well. So we are both in Norway, Sweden and uh, Poland. And I quickly discovered that uh, all the countries and managers are doing it differently. And I'm quite passionate about recruitment and finding the right talents. And I know that we need to have be somewhat systematic in in doing recruitment process in order to get, you know, make sure that we are hiring the right talents. So that was, you know, two main purposes to make sure that we are stable in our quality of uh, delivering the recruitment process, but also ensuring that we are hiring the right talents as well. So it was a a process where we included all the, the managers and we did workshops in the different countries to map what the current uh, processes and uh, you know after the second uh, workshop I started sweating really bad because everyone was really doing it very differently but it was a lot of important learnings from these workshops and uh, and we got all the information and then the HR team got together and said okay so this is the feedback how would we like the recruitment process to be In this employer we made a proposal and then we took it back to the managers and got their feedback and then it was a thumbs up for our proposal.
0: I obviously want to hear what it looked like before, how it looked like after that proposal. How come you decided to really like do a bigger process of it not just go in like this is how we're going to do it
2: it's in my backbone my philosophy in regards to how we in hr work um i've worked with hr it's saying that you know we have the solution we'll make the solution and we say ta-da and then maybe we are not delivering what you know the managers want or our people want so i'm really for you know having an iterative process when we are doing improvements um so it is can be time-consuming at times. We don't necessarily, we're not able to do the changes so as quick maybe, but I think in the long run, it's worth it, especially when we did, you know, quite a lot of changes uh, to the process. Um, And it is a process and some people take, you know, need more time than others to really get accustomed to the processes and the new new ideas that we implemented in the process as well.
0: The reason I'm asking is also, I tend to, think that HR sometimes overdo the like planning of a process and that they don't listen to the organization. And I think this is kind of, it, it sounds in my mind that you really listen to the organization, but also like to your point that it can take too much time. How could there be a like sweet spot where you can listen to the organization, but also ship fast? What do you think?
2: I think it's uh, you need to have different kinds of uh, ways of getting the information. You know, whether it's uh, uh, having workshops, whether it's having you know a focus group where you get the you know have interviews, you can also collect it through data wherever that might be, whether it be through an ATS system or or you run an internal survey. But it's not that we spent a lot of time because we it was an hour and a half workshop with uh, each country just getting their feedback. And then we actually spent the time making a proposal based on what we got of information. And then when we made the proposal, we didn't include all the people that had been in the workshops. We selected a few from the different countries. So in total for a manager, it was about two and a half hours. I think the most con- time consuming was for us in HR to both challenge ourselves and you know, what, what does research say as well? And then we also had to change our mindsets uh, within HR because we did some some changes that uh, a few of were more, more comfortable than others doing the changes, right? So, but I think it's uh, you need to to look at what kind of processes that, that you want to improve and how to get the data so that it doesn't take too long and it doesn't involve too many either. So to be conscious about it, I think that's an important thing. So it sounds like, getting feedback
0: internally, taking in like some external expert advice and then optimizing for what will work. And I guess be accepted by by the organization to get you where you want.
2: Definitely. Okay. So how did it look like before? Yeah. What did you change? depending on who the leader was it was based on their you know knowledge and experience from prior so when we had run all three workshops i was i was like oh my goodness how are we going to revamp this <laughs> recruitment process because uh, it was just chaos, but when we got together and started, you know, systemizing the the data that we got, uh, it was more manageable to to make the the, the new proposal for the recruitment process as well. So, it worked out in the end. Um, we hadn't used testing before. Uh, we had uh, been using cases. We had not run structured interviews before. We always did reference checks in our ATS system. We also asked for applications letter in addition to cvs you know i think this is more normal than not to have all of these aspects it isn't changing i can i can see that uh, also from from other companies so so that's what it looked like before we did the revamp and then afterwards in our ats system we have cut out the application letter so we only get cvs and just kind of jumping in now why well, I kind of say that you know, application letter is like a writing contest for me. <laughs> it it really doesn't give any value. It, uh, what kind of information are you getting through it? It's those who really are really good at writing. They are the ones who are most likely getting through the the needle and in, in getting into the process. If and it's also not very candidate friendly, right? It's very time consuming for for the candidates. So we have uh, stopped asking for that. And then, you know, we are really looking at the candidate experience the whole way through from they apply to a job until they are done onboarded, which is about six months within their, their new hire. So, and then we started with structured interviews. Well, before let me go back because we also asked ourselves, where is it that HR can create value? Where in the process is that? Is it we can create the value? So we are not. We are a small company. We don't have a large HR team. Um, so we said that, you know, where we really can make a difference in is in the first interview, where we are running competency based. Before that interview, we've uh, sent out the testing with the Alva Labs. Uh, so that's one source of information. And then uh, we have an evaluation meeting with the leaders and then decide who goes, you know, on to the next, uh, to the second interview.
0: So then the, the first thing that happens is that you, you send in a CV and then you get psychometric assessments. Then you get a structured interview with HR. And the manager. Okay, you do it together. How is that working out? Really good. Yeah. What are the, like the role division here who does what
2: yeah it's actually hr who's running the interview when we start the recruitment process we also have a starter meeting with the manager you know to agree on the process but uh, we are actually uh, this week going to see how can we use the different capabilities identified in the alva labs to use that more as a conversation with the manager so you have now have to choose three to four key capabilities for this role. And then use that in the first interview. And then we have that together with the manager. And we make an assessment, OK, based on this, these capabilities that we chose, three or four, no more than four We because you won't have time to go through more. Then we do the rating. And then uh, we pass it on to the manager and someone from the team as well who runs the second interview and usually it is uh, a case that is uh, that we present to the candidates and we have also made templates for the managers so that they also can run structured interviews in the second interview
1: and you
0: said like after the application the assessments the first interview you had some sort of like discussion with the hiring manager of who to proceed with right
2: yeah so we do an av- evaluation together after the first interview how do you do that We go back to the the role description and then to the capabilities that we identified. If we said four key capabilities, okay, so how do we rate this person based on what we said were the key capabilities needed for the role?
0: Do you use only the interview as in like, we've already made sure that the background and the like personality traits, that those are good. So you don't take that into account or do you look at the whole package in that evaluation?
2: Yeah, we look at the whole package. Definitely, yeah. After the the second interviews are done, then we do a a new evaluation of the candidates, and uh, we always offer uh, the final candidates the opportunity to have informal coffee meetings with with members of the team or others that they would like to meet up with. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I think that's just so important. So that they get to ask those questions that they maybe forgot to ask or didn't dare to ask in the interview, but also getting a more touch and feel of what kind of culture do we have in this employer? What can they expect and and can ask a colleague you know what does a typical day look like uh to get a verification also though okay this is what he's saying but what did they tell me in the interview and was is there a match or do i need to have another conversation with with the recruiting managers yeah
0: you won't be able to tell on when you're listening to the this podcast but i'm like nodding my head so much that it would borderline be headbanging <laughs> uh i think this is such a like easy hack it takes so little time because it's quite few candidates Uh, you involve the team so that they feel involved in the hiring process yeah it creates like a fantastic candidate experience and it you know costs nothing exactly Spoiler alert, we do it too. So that's why I'm so
2: excited to hear that someone else is doing it, but it's so easy. It is. And, And we give, you know, it's not that every candidate says, yes, I would like to do that, but at least they have the opportunity to do it.
0: And then you said you have like the structured interview for the hiring manager and then a case. And is that finito?
2: After the case, and then we do a new evaluation with the manager, uh, whoever was we, in the, attended the second interview uh, from our part. And then with HR, we assess and you, we say, okay, so maybe we have two final candidates whom shall get the offer of, of meeting up with others. And then we give an offer to the candidate and um, we do not do reference checks.
1: Mm,
0: why?
2: I am a firm believer that it is our job to... To find all the information throughout the recruitment process. So getting, you know, contacting references, you usually just get a confirmation of all the good things that the person has done. Uh, Rarely do you get any, you know, development areas and so forth. So, so we, you know, there, there are some exceptions uh, to the rule, but in general, we do not do reference checks uh, because what, again, what value does it really create into the process?
0: I learned fairly recently that in like some countries it's by law, you're not allowed to like back talk someone, mm-hmm. meaning like you can't give a bad reference. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not the case in at least Sweden. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess no. that's the same in Norway, but I think that was so fascinating. And then, cause I mean, reference taking will play a complete different part. And I agree that it's, it helps to confirm what you hopefully already know. Exactly. You shouldn't necessarily need that confirmation. No. Okay, so with this process, like, what are the biggest changes, and how were they perceived by the organization?
2: I think the biggest change is that we are running structured interviews and also using uh, Alva Labs with the testing, and also systemizing the recruitment process. You know, now it's this is the expectation. for the whole process so we ensure a good candidate experience so everyone understands the roles and responsibilities and uh, there might be some deviation but that is clarified when we have the startup meeting with hr
0: nice cuz i was about to ask like how do you actually cuz we have like a description of this is your part as a hiring manager this is what hr will do this is what hr won't do We have like a training that can be done uh, if you are new as a hiring manager, but still how do you really make sure that people understand like what's my part, what's not? So you use the startup meeting, how?
2: Yeah, we've actually made a template uh, for everyone working with recruitment in HR. So we have two TA managers, talent acquisition managers, one one who is responsible for Norway in Sweden and one in Poland. But we also have HR business partners who also do some recruitment. So to make sure that everyone is aligned uh, and making sure that... It is as smooth of a process as possible. We had we made a template for ourselves, and we use that template actively because it's uh, again challenging on you know what are the key capabilities for the roles. We assist them in making you know the job ad. We made some EVPs for the different uh, target groups as well. We go through the process to clarify you know what to, you does what during the process. Where do we uh, have the job ads? What's the salary range? We talk about that already in the startup meeting rather than talking about it at the end of the process. So so I think uh, we agree that this is a key to success in order to get as smooth of a process as possible because we then also agree, okay, so is this a role that we are able to find talents ourselves or do we need to get help from someone else, a recruitment company or someone So that's quite important to to get that clarified early on in the stage. And we also say that, okay, but we would like to try to see if we can do it by ourselves. But uh, let's agree that if we come to this stage, then we will look into, you know, using recruitment company, for example. Okay.
0: What is that stage? What's the signal that you need to go external?
2: Well, I'm actually uh, recruiting a talent acquisition manager in in Poland right now. And uh, what we said that, you know, let's... uh, Post it on our websites and on some of the job portals in, in Poland. And uh, let's have it there for a week and see what the response is and then screen those candidates. And we f- if we feel that, yes, you know, we have a lot sufficient candidates, then uh, let's give that a go first. But if we, it's not sufficient, then we need to discuss, you know, what do we do? Do we need to be on other job portals or should we actually do some parallel processes here with getting some assistance on sourcing of candidates from a recruitment company?
1: With so many years of experience within kind of the same sector and sphere, but for very different companies, How similar would you say this new process is to how you worked before? Or has this been kind of new insights and challenges for you as well to start working like this?
2: Well, I think the main difference is uh, my take on where HR is making the value uh, in the process. So so using the competency-based interviews, I think uh, that's something that i had an aha moment like uh, a year and a half ago uh, because uh, i work with uh, a colleague who had been who came from the recruitment industry so so i was quite challenged on that and and then i tried it and i said you know this really makes sense this is really where i can make a difference is to the process to make it as smooth as possible is is that and I think the other change, you know, I've always worked with uh, testing. So that's uh, something that it's just in my backbone to use it as an objective way of screening candidates, but also in regards to not doing reference checks. I mean, I've always done it for almost 20 years and then not to do it. Uh, but again, it just makes sense when when I look back at my career and I I, I ask myself, you know, what's what value did it add? And uh, it's like you said, Linnea, no, it's just a confirmation of what I already know. And if I need that confirmation, then it makes sense to do that. But uh, most times I don't.
0: Right. You were uh, stating that, like how this was being received, because I mean, the structured way of interviewing, uh, at least from my experience, can like the first initial reaction can be like it's super stiff and uh, me as a manager, I don't want to follow this script. Like how did your managers react?
2: Yeah. Well, we're not done yet uh, in implementing it. I think there's a need for a level of maturity in regards to it. And we need to also do more training in how to run structured interviews so that they are more confident in, in how to do it. So we're not there yet, but we are on our way. Um and i think you know at least our managers they're quite thankful when when they are given some tools so it's not something that they need to spend time on finding out how to do it or 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 what have you so we made templates also available for them with different questions that they can use based on what capabilities again are the most important for the role when we introduced the process in itself, we it was f- applauded, really applauded. Because wow. yeah, because they screaming for, you know, who's responsible for what? What kind of support do, can I expect from HR, for example? What can what are you expecting from me in this process? So that was the one thing. I think the biggest concern uh, from our managers were were more that we are introducing the use of uh testing. Mm, okay, and
0: how did you convince them around that?
2: Well, uh, we uh, I used our success manager from uh, Alvalabs, Hira, and uh, we had uh, like Lunch and Learns uh, where uh, she introduced, you know, what the research say about it. Uh, we didn't go into the actual, where we showed them the tool, but we gave them the highlights of how to use it because we've said that, you know, the, the, our managers, they uh, not all are doing a lot of recruitment. So let's take that into the, the startup meeting with the different managers. Uh, and then we had a separate session where we said, OK, so now you've been introduced to it. What, what are your concerns? Uh, what kind of questions do you have? And and just be there and ask them and for them also to be able to share their experiences with the use of, of testing.
0: What were the questions that they had?
2: There's a a lot of skepticism to the use of it uh, what do i get by um, measuring personality traits or or the ability test i don't see the point of it because uh, it's not relevant for the job so we had to explain you know why are we using the ability test for example so those are the typical things that we really got you know no, I don't see the need to do that. Um, and also, we had, uh, we are a tech company as well, so, and we got feedback from some of the managers saying that. You know, there's quite a scarcity of talents, especially within tech these days. And a a talent can have uh, multiple offers at the same time. And uh, they gave us feedback that, okay, if you were to say that this candidate needs to take these tests, they're going to say no because uh, they don't have time for that. Then we have to take, you know, another round saying that, okay, so are we willing to not send tests then because of urgency? And we've said that we need to you know, evaluate that case by case. But I, again, it, it depends on how we how our ability to explain to the candidates, why are we using testing? I mean, it goes both ways. It's also for them for us to understand you know, if it is the right talent, but also challenging them back to, to, you know, are we the right employer for you?
0: Okay, so it sounds like worrying, or wondering if it will be helpful, but also worrying that you might lose candidates if you like send tests. And like, what's your experience now that, you, that you've used it? Has that been true?
2: We haven't lost any candidates, not that I'm aware of at least, but we had a discussion uh, yesterday, you know, again, uh, especially within tech, you know, where in the process do we use the testing? So, so, um, so we need to re-evaluate that, especially for the, for the tech uh, target group.
1: Eileen, have you seen a difference on this from managers in different countries as well? Like, have you seen a country discrepancy on how much pushback you're seeing on specifically psychometric tests?
2: Especially in Poland, I would say, because it's uh, not customary to use uh, testing uh, that much in Poland. So there we've uh, spent some time with them also, you know, explaining more one-on-one, the usage and, and what are the... What are we getting, you know, back in return by using this is uh, the testing? So, so more skepticism there because it's not very accustomed to use uh, testing. You know, in Norway, Sweden, it hasn't been, it's worked out really well.
0: Okay, so now you've done this like quite massive change for the process. It's now up and running, and it sounds like you're iterating on it and always like w- finding ways to improve it. I mean, I'm guessing this was a quite big change for the organization, and even if they applaud you, like, what? What learnings can you share? Like how does one go about finding a way for this type of change? What are the hacks that you would use if you had to do it again?
2: I think the key is involving, you know, getting the data from those who are actually recruiting. So the managers are key here and, uh, you know, finding ways of getting that information from them so that uh, you understand, you know, what, what does it look like today and where do we want to be and where's the gap? Um, so, so I think that would be my my recommendations to anyone out there uh, looking to to revamp their the recruitment process is to involve those stakeholders that need to be involved. And we also actually asked some new hires saying that. So, in you you've just been through a process. So, so how has the process been for yourself? So, um, and we are actually doing that as well. We are sending out surveys on their second day. In his uh, employer to ask about the, the process from when they applied and the pre boarding part. And then we're sending him a new survey after six months uh, and just so that we understand more on the onboarding part. And then, obviously, in the pre boarding survey, we've, we've asked some very specific information about the recruitment process. Like what? Oh, I can't remember all the different questions, but uh, your impression, how do you feel you were, you know? Um, the response rates from those who are a part of the process and we are also uh, we are using ATS um, Jabilan as our ATS system and we're actually using a questionnaire as, there as well for for those candidates who are who have been a part of a, a recruitment process as well.
0: What recruitment KPIs are you using today? What are you measuring?
2: We are actually working on it. So we haven't decided yet because we implemented Jobulon in, when was it? Uh, February, February I think. And then we implemented Alva Labs in March. And so we decided let's not focus on the KPIs right now. Let's focus on implementing the process and, and getting that to be smooth. And uh, we are just about to look at, you know, how uh, the KPIs for recruitment. Uh, so in a, in a short while we'll we'll have decided on that.
0: Mm. I think that's such an interesting topic. And if you I'm a bit against like the traditional like time to hire, yeah, for instance. I mean to me, it's like that's easy to measure, so let's measure it, but it says nothing. I mean, it says something, but I don't think it says any relevant um, aspect. We have tried to really try uh, like measure quality of hire, which is so much harder. But we do that in both, like evaluating the onboarding progress, and then using, I mean, obviously, like the performance reviews that we do uh, three times a year to make sure that we we actually make the right decisions. But it's uh, it's tricky because then, like the the feedback loop is so extended when it comes to hiring, you don't really know, like maybe a year in
2: and i think you know it we also need to remember the candidate perspective as well so as we are collecting data so we would actually like to have a kpi also on the candidate experience so we get that would obviously be a subjective you know uh, their assessment on it but but that's okay Uh, Because because it also says something about their experience of the quality of how we are doing the recruitment process as well. So I am also not a fan of time to hire because it will vary so differently in regards to the different roles and so forth. So so, uh, but I haven't really cracked the code of how to uh, measure the quality of recruitment yet. So I'll let you know if I figure it out. And if you figure it out before me, promise to, to share it with me, because uh, that really is, if we were able to find, you know, the key to that, I think that's meaningful data. I mean, that's the
0: holy grail of hiring,
2: right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll promise I'll shout
2: yeah. when, I, yeah. when I find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good I am hoping that you will crack the code before myself then you don't have to do the work right <laughs> exactly <laughs> smart I'm doing my best as you
1: said you're focusing a lot on the candidate experience and that was your whole take when you started revamping the process too right to make sure that it was structured and aligned and looked the same and that the candidate experience was always good but you also had a really like heavy focus on employer branding in this how has that changed since you implemented this new process
2: well we focused first on on implementing the recruitment process and since then we have worked on finalizing our employee value proposition and we have done that and then we actually had a rounds of uh, defining personas for the different target groups. And then again, we involved. So for example, if we took uh, within the tech, we had a short workshop with uh, some of our tech colleagues to get their feedback on, on what is important for them when they were hired to this employer. So now we have made personas for the different target groups. Uh, That's going to be quite important for us. So what are we focusing on, for example, for for sales or product or or tech? And I think that will be a key also to to be able to attract the right and qualified candidates also, because we are more targeted than we were before. Because we would have it like a general information about the employer, and then you would go straight to the to the the wanted outcomes for the role. But now we're stating the EVP quite high in our or going to do that in our job ads. We're just about to implement that as well
1: my
0: like imposter syndrome is so large right now i mean you have so much more experience than me and i just i don't know that much about employer branding and i really want to understand like how does one actually go about making those changes like what concretely have you done yeah that is now different
2: well uh what we have done is we have started with the evp so we have uh, and it is a process because uh, you know again we either us or communication or marketing could say you know make some text to us and say yes here we have the EVP for this employer but we collected all the data we could get uh, from engagement surveys that we had implemented the core story for this employer with a lot of information from our employees and then um we actually used a gartner model for employer branding that i highly suggest and then we made the personas as well uh, so hr uh, made the first draft for for the personas and then we went out to our colleagues getting them to verify if uh, if we were spot on or not and what is it that they value by working within this employer
0: does that mean like okay, we listened to like the organization, what are we good at? So, so that you would be able to highlight that in the EVP. You made these personas, what were in them? Like I'm taking notes now.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we had to decide, you know, what are the, the key aspects that we would like to focus on? What What is it that our people really value? They value flexibility, balance, they balance uh, growth. So those are the things that we are focusing on, on the EVP. But uh, for the different personas, you need to have a different focus. So maybe growth is more important for tech than product, for example. Uh, Maybe balance or flexibility is more important. So that's how we are adjusting the personas in regards to, again, who the target group is. So we started with the EVP and um, we are connecting that to the marketing strategy, to our core story of uh, this employer. And now we are about to finalize like a more long term work with employer strategy, looking into so what kind of strategic partnerships will be important for us employer going forward, so that we can attract the right talents. Um, what can we do to get focus on ourselves? We will be having some marketing campaigns, not from a customer perspective, but uh, so that we can tell everyone about employer as a employer in in Norway. Especially, we are really well known through our uh, by customers, but not necessarily of talents. We are revamping our career sites. Uh, getting new fresh uh, pictures of our employees trying i think the key is to to be able to and this is the difficult part is what kind of culture do we have here in employer? Because in all the research that I'm finding is that the culture is like top three for what people are looking for in a new employer. So that's what we are trying. We're going to make more videos, um, for example, um, so, so um, we uh, both videos to have on our websites. Uh, we also have some videos that we send to candidates also when they are in process so so that they somehow get more of a touch and feel of of what would it be like to work in this employer.
0: And what's the ultimate goal of this? Is it to move candidates faster in the like hiring funnel? Is it to find other type of candidates? Is it to just like volume, uh, the amount of candidates that apply?
2: Is it quality? What do you think that what's the ultimate ambition? Can I choose all of the above? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it is a combination of all of the above, uh, for sure. But I, I think you know, with the scarcity of talents in the market currently, it's uh, about finding the right. We don't need a lot of, of applicants, but we need the right applicants, those who are qualified for the for the roles and. You know, I think it's interesting to you know how are we hiring for attitudes or are we hiring for skills as well? And I think one of the key key aspects when when hiring talents is you know their ability to learn. That's that will be a key capability going forward.
0: If someone else is standing in front of these the same journey that you've been on, meaning like we need to revamp the hiring process we need to take a stab on the employer branding what would you advise them to do and not
2: do that's quite a big question well i think in regards to revamping you actually need to use the methods of a project lead. you know project management yeah to decide you know you know who are your stakeholders what kind of information do we need in order for us to to make uh, good decisions for the future and then actually make a a good project plan for that. The same would actually be for the employer branding, but I would say that the key to a successful employer branding strategy is making the EVP. So, So if you start with the EVP, it's so much easier to decide on the rest uh, because then you will always look to the EVP, saying that okay, but are we delivering now on our EVP if we do that, uh, and so forth. So, so uh, and again, look to the Gartner model for EVP, for for employee branding because it's uh, it's easy uh, to follow the framework uh, that they have. And what what are the don'ts? The don't don't sit in corner of the office and just make everything by yourself. I think it's so important to involve those who need to to be involved. Depending on you know how big are the changes that you will have, don't don't underestimate the need of uh, spending some extra time in the process training are the leaders, so I think that's really important to spend enough time on the leaders uh, so that they are capable of of uh, doing a recruitment process well. So don't uh, underestimate their needs. That's something that I sometimes have a tendency to do, so so I would say that's a big uh, don't. I think that's uh, the most important on the top of my head right now. I have one one more question before. Yeah, go. And I mean, given that we both lived, lived in
0: Texas. Okay. Then the obvious question is, are you finding a good place where you can get cornbread in Norway? No. It's impossible, right? It's impossible.
2: <laughs> it, I've heard some rumors that there's a newly opened restaurant that has the good old briskets and everything. So uh, so we have it on our to-do to see if they actually have good cornbread. Yeah. I'm still looking
0: for good cornbread and baby back ribs with Texas quality.
2: The next time you come to Oslo, I'll, I'll invite you for dinner. <laughs> Amazing. So then we
0: the feedback loop will be then when we saw the holy grail of hiring, hiring quality, and when we find the perfect baby back ribs. That's exactly. the next, next episode of yep. How We Hire. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, Ben It's been such a pleasure having you. Me and Linnea will be back with another exciting episode of How We Hire in Two Weeks. So Make sure to subscribe via Spotify or Apple Music to never miss another episode.